Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is April 9th, 2018, and this is our 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, on page 48, the third paragraph, which begins with, Everybody Nowadays Believes. We will be reading and commenting on two paragraphs, ending on page 49, with means nothing and proceeds nowhere. Today's readers are Kathy W., Leslie M., Robin P., Ashley P., and Kathleen O. The reference number for Sunday, April 8th, 2018's special edition meeting is 11266. That's 11266. And the reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 11270. That's 11270. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy W. to read the 12 steps of OA. Thank you. Good morning. This is Kathy W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Texas. These are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us, and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Kathy W. I will now ask Leslie M. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning. This is Leslie M. Uh, from Long, uh, compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. And here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience, 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do this service, and thank you for your service, Rebecca. Thank you, Leslie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. When you are done sharing, once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 48, the third paragraph, Everybody Nowadays Believes, through two paragraphs ending in means nothing and proceeds nowhere. Our sharing will be focused on any part or all of both these paragraphs. Robin P., will you please start us off? Robin P., are you available? Press Hi, sorry, on. I was muted. Sorry, can you hear me? I hear you, Robin P. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hi, I'm Robin P. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, and I was reading to myself. Um, Everybody nowadays believes in scores of assumptions for which there is good evidence, but no perfect visual proof. And does not science demonstrate that visual proof is the weakest proof? It is being constantly revealed as mankind studies the material world, that outward experiences are not inward reality at all. To illustrate, the prosaic steel girder is a mass of electrons whirling around each other at, at incredible speed. These tiny bodies are governed by precise laws, and these laws hold true throughout the material world. Science tells us so. We have no reason to doubt it. When, however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful, guiding, creative intelligence right there, our perverse streak comes to the surface, and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. 
we read worldly books and indulge in, wine, in windy arguments, thinking we believe this universe needs no God to explain it. Were our contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing, means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. Would you like me to share on that? Yes, please, if you would like to, you're welcome to. Thank you. Yes, I'm Robin. I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've shared before that uh, I came in this program a devout atheist. I was raised a devout atheist, and uh, I saw God on the walls and just left <laughs> in terror. Like, oh, my gosh, what happened here? And, um, you know, I came into the program and I had so many miracles and the way that it started was one step at a time. And this was my bridge. This was my bridge to God. And this was my bridge to service and to usefulness to God and my fellows. And who knew that having, you know, been a food addict all those decades would lead to a life of of willing service. Um, And when it says that you know, either God, it reminds me of either God is everything or God is nothing, you know, or else it's just meaningless. And and it really, you know, to be a recovered compulsive overeater gives me meaning in my life um, instead of just being God is nothing or God is everything. And and I, I can see meaning in things now and I can see the blessing in things. And I, I believe that, you know, Sometimes in the short run, I can't see them, but God is God of the long run sometimes. And, you know, if if I just hang in there, I can see the divine purpose in things. And um, it's like the program and recovery and working the steps gave me eyes to see and ears to hear. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Robin P. Uh, Who would like to share on these two paragraphs that Robin just read? Paula Oh, you know what? I did not catch that at all. Maybe it was two people at once. Paulina R. Okay. Something R. Gina. Gina R. And before that, was it a Polly? Yeah, Polly Q. Polly Q. Okay. Polly Q and Gina R. Who else? Crispy. Crispy. I gotcha. Barbara B. Barbara B. Yeah, P like Peter. P like Peter, thank you. Ashley P. Ashley P. Kathleen O. Sherry KB. Kathleen O and Sherry KB. Why don't we stop there? And Polly Q. I'll just say who's on the list. Polly Q, Gina R, Chris B, Barbara P, Ashley P, Kathleen O, Sherry KB. Polly Q, please go ahead. Hi, thank you. Thank you for your service. I'm Polly Q in California, recovered. Um, I really, uh, I used to ignore this whole chapter. I used to think that uh, I had this down, you know. Uh, I've been in the program for years and years, and, you know, I read it, and I said, well, yeah, I believe it. And uh, then I realized that I wake up every day an agnostic. Part of the reason, um, a part of my upbringing uh, in regards to this chapter was that um, that I was, uh, my son went to a, uh, a, a preschool and the first three years of his grades to a uh, a school that was, uh, Christian-based, and um, in in the in the entrance to that school, in bold letters in cement, this was their credo: "Fear of God is the beginning of knowledge." <laughs> oh my God! Wow! So, um, so I, I, and I think that that was a lot of my perception of a higher power. Uh, if you can call it that, um, growing up. And so um, I I think that it was very fear-based, you know, this idea. And so, you know, 
for me, fear is such a huge part of my disease. And so, and, and the, the problem with fear for me, as I've understood it, in growing my knowledge, my spiritual connection to my higher power, which is mandatory if I want to remain abstinent. Um, this book tells me so. Uh, the 12 steps tell me so. Uh, were our contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing, means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. Fear, fear makes me think life is meaningless. It means that I am self-reliant, that it's all, that my self-reliance is mandatory, and that makes life meaningless because it makes it, uh, because it proceeds nowhere, because I know that I'm not the higher power, and if I have to be, I'm in real trouble, and so I have to find a power greater than me that is all-powerful, guiding, creative, all about love and all about forgiveness, and never, ever about fearful or being feared. I can't have a fearful higher power. I can't have a higher power that I'm afraid of because fear is my lower power. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Polly Q. Gina R. Thank you so much. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, living in Green Valley, Arizona. What jumped out at me this morning was on page 49, where it says, right there, our perverse streak comes to the surface, and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. And again, they just, the words they use, um, I think I know what they mean, and you guys have taught me that um, I can't completely trust what I think. And so it's really a good idea to um, search out a source. And so when I look this word up, perverse, um, it says showing a deliberate and obstinate desire to behave in a way that is unreasonable or unacceptable, often in spite of the consequences. Some synonyms are awkward, contrary, difficult, unreasonable, uncooperative, unhelpful, obstructive, disobliging, recalcitrant, stubborn, obstinate, obdurate, mullish, pig-headed, bullheaded. Some of those I don't even know what they mean, but I get the feeling of it. And it says comes to the surface. And so as I was doing the steps, um, without the fog of my food pervading me, my perverse streak was actually able to come to the surface. And fortunately, I didn't resist it this time. I didn't do the last half of that sentence where it said, we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. But what I did find out was that I had been living my life in a way where I wasn't completely yielding to what I thought was my higher power. So I did have some agnosticism inside my own belief. And that is what I have been able to um, have my higher power show me as I'm continuing to work through these steps now. And so the difference between then and now is I don't have a perverse streak that's really running the show anymore. Those things do pop up, but the antonym of that is happening now. I am more agreeable. I am compliant. I'm happy. I'm actually being nice to myself and to other people. I'm reasonable and I'm willing. And that is the miracle of this program. Um, so even if you are someone who quote unquote believed, you can still find out that you have a perverse streak that keeps you from um, fully yielding into this and allowing it to be changed. But it can happen. I am an example of that. And I'm forever grateful for everybody who's gone before me and everybody on the line this morning. And I especially want to welcome the newcomer. Keep coming. Pick up the book. Read it. Find somebody to help guide you through it and do the deal. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Chris B. Good morning, everyone. My name is Chris B., and I'm a recovered compulsive eater in St. Louis, Missouri. 
Uh, thank you everyone for your service and by all means, welcome to the newcomer. Um, I love this portion of the book. The, the piece here, um, all powerful guiding creative intelligence, that actually helped save my life, a version of that prayer I worked out with my grand sponsor about three years ago. And every time I went to fight or flight or to vibrate low fear, my uh, go-to, my self-will, as self-reliance, um, I was able to say that. Um, whether it's me right now, I can hold my nightstand and, and say this prayer, or I can reach out on a trail to a tree uh, when I feel fear or I feel unsafe or I'm vibrating where I would be when I would be uh, without food or um, when I would be just in myself and in my own thoughts. And I, I will share it with you because it helped save my life. I, I said it the other day and I say it almost every day. Uh, beneath the material world, life as we see it exists an all-powerful creative intelligence, a benevolent life that loves me, guides me, and intuitively prompts me with benevolent thoughts that I surrender to and power flows into that. I am tremendously grateful to be in alignment with you all today, but it's hard not to get emotional about that because I'm connected with you all. You guys are helping me realign and helping me survive. I um, felt very alone at 430 pounds <laughs> and even uh, had to be pummeled with my self-will the truth at 220 pounds. Um, three years ago that it wasn't up to me that there was so much more in this world <laughs> that I have access to with you all um, accessing power I mean now I'm it's not about weight at all but it's about this connection cultivating this relationship with the higher powers it says here uh, my goodness I, I was an atheist as well before coming into program and, and as was mentioned earlier I skipped over this chapter too let's get to step four that's black and white that's logic that makes sense. <laughs> uh, but I love this side because uh, my agnosticism will creep up as well and, and want to take the wheel. And I'm just along for the ride. I'm not at the wheel. <laughs> I'm letting it all unfold. And I'm grateful to be here with you guys. And thank you so much for your service. The answers will come if you work for them, guys. Keep on rocking. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. Barbara P. Hi, this is Barbara P. in Atlanta, and uh, gosh, this this chapter, I was definitely, I came in with a lot of strong opinions about religion, about God, and, and there are so many, it was just something I just didn't understand. There's lots of things I don't understand, but I always managed to have a strong opinion about them anyway, and that's who I was before recovery, and I still work with that today. Um, I think I know a lot of stuff, and when I saw this, I just, thought this part was ridiculous. I couldn't understand even the example. Why would they, I just couldn't even understand it. And I really, but I, and I was, I've been in program a long time and I kept relapsing and I thought it was my lack of faith. I, I said to the sponsors so many times, I just can't get this faith thing because I don't really have it at my core. And, you know, it came down to, I just felt like, well, it's another thing I don't do well enough. You know, it played right into all my, all my crazy uh, and my thinking. But bottom line was, you know, I really did want to have faith, but I didn't know, honestly, how to get it. And in a lot of years in OA, I still, I just, it wasn't clear to me, it wasn't clear to me, how do you really get that connect? And I work with so many people today who run into the same thing, whether they come in with a strong faith or not. I mean, having a strong faith, I realized today, we're coming in with it, isn't really enough. Why do we have so many priests, nuns, rabbis in our, our program? It's not enough. I had to learn what I had to do to get a connection to that faith that worked every day for me. And what I was got what I got really clear on is I had to clear the pipeline to my higher power. I had a higher power. I just had a lot of food and other stuff in between. And what I learned, and I'm so grateful for this big book, is that steps four through nine clear that pipeline and continue to clear the pipeline every day. Doing 10, 11, 12 is essential because that pipeline gets muddy, a little bit muddy every day, not with food today, but certainly with resentment, fears, and uh, dishonesty and other emotions. So 
these steps, I, I, what I finally learned, I didn't have to know a thing about God. I still don't. I probably never will. What I do have to do is work the steps. And it really was that simple. That seemed way too simple for my complex brain, but it really is. And, and I'm so grateful I live in recovery today. Um, so anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Barbara P. Ashley P. Hi, this is Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning, Ashley P. Good morning. And good morning to everyone on the line. And and thank you for some really incredible shares. And welcome to the newcomers. I'm so grateful to be in We Agnostics. Um, I want to say this is my my favorite part of the book. I, I don't... I don't know that I really have a favorite part of the book, but I just, I so relate to um, coming in and um, being angry with God and feeling abandoned by God and and feeling that having any faith was really going to be, um, or having to develop faith was really going to be my my downfall. Um, So uh, I'm reading this and... um, The sentence uh, right there, our perverse streak comes to the surface and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. And I have a note by that that says self-will. And so that's what happens. My my self-will comes in um, to try and convince me otherwise, to to resist changing, um, to say that I'm different than the other people on the line or um, in my meetings or that I can't. Um, and it, you know, it's still, it, it, it pops up today. It pops up today in, in abstinence as self-pity and doubt and fear. Um, so I, uh, the, the work then is to, for me is to to get quiet and to listen to um, uh, to listen to my higher powers will for me and and to try and um, approach my life with some willingness, honesty, and and open mindedness, and to get quiet and to listen on the line to the shares, to listen to my sponsors' advice to approach interactions without that streak that constantly says it's not that that wants to wants to resist everything um but that's that's a big jump to get to listening and to get to willingness and and openness um or honesty when when my self-will does keep coming up and and when uh and when it's when i'm when i'm constantly setting out to convince um when my will wants to convince me otherwise so yeah like other people have said the tools of prayer and meditation really help me um cultivate those those traits and just being on the line checking in with a sponsor doing uh 10 steps doing 11 steps that's what I think constantly, you know, clears clears the way so that I I can um, I can challenge this perverse streak and and stay in faith. Um, and I hope that everybody has a, a a wonderful day. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Ashley P. Kathleen O. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service this morning. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And I, too, am drawn to that perverse streak. The perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful, guiding, creative intelligence. Right there, our perverse streak comes to the surface. And, you know, the perverse streak, that for me is my ego, which ultimately, in reality, I could count on to be unreasonable and unhelpful. You know, as addicts, most of us are so defiant and delusional, 
we'll go to the bitter end thinking we know it all and we can do this our own way. And I don't know about you guys, but if I could have done it on my own, I wouldn't be here today. I realized my way wasn't working and I had to think outside the box. I had to think differently. You know, we think we're intelligent, yet all our intellect and logic and knowledge get us nowhere. Um, you know, we, we continue to have what we have um, unless we ask for help and are willing to surrender and to trust there might be something different that may well work. And for me, pain was a really good motivator. I was so beaten up that this disease actually humbled me when nothing else could. When I tried to do this on my own, my life was just a total mess. And step two is when we come to believe a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. And for me, I had to believe because, frankly, I was out of options. And once I decided to believe, you know, what did I have to lose? <laughs> I saw it worked. And, and then I began to trust. Um, you know, the, the prosaic uh, steel girder, we don't need to understand how things work, but if we want the benefits, we believe they work. So to believe in something we cannot see, when we discover this power works, then believing becomes knowing. And I know this works because when I trust and rely, my higher power always comes through and does for me what I can't do for myself. And so this power which guides and helps me a day at a time, if I'm willing to take the action and do the work, is so much better than me insisting on being in the driver's side. Because every time I do that, I always crash. Um, so I am just so grateful today that I have this power that I can trust and rely on because a day at a time, it does work. And thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Sherry KB. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. It's Sherry KB in Northern California. A very grateful recovered compulsive every reader, and thank you so much for your service, Rebecca, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. And you know, I love this these readings because it my self will wants to jump in and go, "What are you talking about? What do you What do you mean? Let's just get to the point. Let's just get straight to the point, and or let's just get over this and move on." And I I just laugh because um, I love the big book um, dictionary because it's so helpful reading the big book because prosaic means ordinary, lifeless, everyday, dull, straightforward. So, uh, you know, this is a straightforward program. It's just that um, underneath there's all this stuff going on, which is a higher power, you know, uh, and the foundation for me governed by precise laws. So, you know, I know that I need to work the steps in order to get unblocked to uh, connect with a power greater than myself so that I can be relieved uh, one day at a time of my compulsive overeating uh, to stay recovered, um, not cured, but recovered. And then it talks about here about the perverse, <coughs> excuse me, the perverse, per, perverse streak. And, yeah, that is about self-will, and it's also about being headstrong. So it's like don't tell me what to do. Um, I'm going to do what I want. And that's, again, my self-will. That's part of my disease. That's the voice of my disease is my self-will. And then here, um, here is a powerful, guiding, creative intelligence, you know, all-powerful. So it's, it's connecting with that higher power. And, um, and then here it says, you know, um, that this belief with the universe needs no God to explain it. So, you know, in other words, like we believe in things. We believe that, you know, uh, electricity and everything, it, it doesn't need to be explained. So why do we need to explain uh, about a higher power that it just to do it? And then here where it says where our contentions were true, it would follow that life originated in nothing, means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. And to me, that's Sherry's self-will. That's my self-will and that it's, it you know, it proceeds nowhere, it goes nowhere. Um, and if, if I want to live my life on my self-will, then I can do that, but I can also choose to live with a creative um, intelligence that, you know, by working these steps and feeling free. And I've also been told that, you know, for years that this is a simple program um, for complicated people, that I make it complicated more than I need to, and that if I just trust this the way I trust electricity, it's going to work, and I just need to leave my self-will and all my whatever at the door and just 
get unblocked, put the food down, get unblocked, work the steps, and get free. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Sherry KB. Uh, in case you got on late, let me tell you that we are a vision for you, a big book meeting, reading uh, on page 48 and 49. So the third paragraph on 48, everybody nowadays believes through two paragraphs ending on 49 with means nothing and proceeds nowhere. And we're sharing on both paragraphs or any part thereof. Who else would like to share for three minutes or less? KDT. Lisa JR. Did I, okay, Rebecca wait one second. Did I hear KDT? Yes. And then Lisa JR, was it? And then I think yes, I heard ma'am. Rebecca. Lisa. Okay, I got to Lisa. And Rebecca, was it S's and Frank? I mean, no, yeah, that's my name. <laughs> Rebecca T. Okay. Anyone besides the three of you? Okay, that might be all the Suji. time we have anyway. Suji, I'll add you on here, uh, and we'll see if we have time. Katie T, go right ahead. Hello, Katie T, uh, compulsive overeater. I'm uh, currently working step two in reading in we agnostics, and this morning this jumped out at me from the two paragraphs. The prosaic steel girder is a mass of electrons whirling around each other at incredible speed. Tiny bodies are governed by precise laws, and these laws hold true throughout the material world. And I'm, I'm thinking that um, if there are such precise laws in the material world, why are there not precise laws in the spiritual world? And I'm believing they are, and that we're dis- that uh, Bill W. discovered some of these or re- rediscovered them from uh, uh, spiritual texts experiences other people have had. A couple of pages earlier on 46, it says, we found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. And in a spiritual book, it says, you know, if you seek, you shall find. And um, I think that's one of the spiritual um, precise laws that exist. And this just popped out at me this morning. If we have those precise laws in the material world, and it's a created world, um, certainly they're going to be spiritual. And when we seek those, and we're seeking them all together right now in the 12 steps and in this program, and I'm just so uh, grateful that there are spiritual laws that we can discover and rely on and live by. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie T. Lisa J.R. Good morning, everybody. Lisa J.R., grateful, uh, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, Thank you all so much for for being here today. And uh, we agnostics, what a a book. Um, Like so many um, people with a a relationship with a higher power, I came into the rooms thinking, yeah, I've got one, two, and three in the bag, no problem. And these two particular paragraphs, funny enough, were two paragraphs that I thought were absolutely unnecessary to me. Um, little did I know, um, I, I had a perverse streak that through working the program and then working with sponsees has been so cemented in me that my understanding was minute um, and that God was in a very small, small box in my mind. And, um, you know, I I know the wind. I I... I don't see the wind. I know the wind is the wind because I can feel it. But it's it's almost like um, my understanding of the wind was so limited until I got into um, a sailboat and we got caught in a, a small hurricane. But my capacity to understand the wind uh, was was much greater after I experienced that um, that situation in a boat, you know, wow, this is greater and more immense than I ever thought it could be. And that's how it is with God. Um, I put God in a box. I, I couldn't, um, I continued to, to seek God and, you know, God, my God tells me knock and you shall, you know, you, you shall find answers, you know, seek and you will find me. And, um, 
you know, as the previous caller said, you know, it does. It, he doesn't make too hard a work for us. We just have to have an open mind. And I would say to the newcomers that come in here with a cemented faith walk of some kind, that just pray to be open-minded. Pray to your higher power to just open your mind, um, because this is a wild and wonderful ride recovery, and I wouldn't change it for the best day I ever had in the food, um, my worst day in recovery. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So I thank you all, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa J.R. Rebecca T. Hi, can you hear me? I hear you, Rebecca T. Good morning. Hi, good morning. It's Rebecca T. Um, recovered in Central California. Uh, I love being here. I love hearing you guys. Um, I I had an aha moment this weekend. Um, I was at a big book uh, retreat. I heard so many things, and I um, I came into the program 2007 uh, because I was desperate and because I realized I had a problem. So I came in. Uh, I had a God, from what I understood, um, one that I was raised with uh, as a child. And I would bring him in uh, when I was good, you know, when I was doing the right thing, when I was on the right diet. I think I had two phases um, in my life continuously. One was I was dieting, and that was a good phase. Uh, And I was talking to God, and he was proud of me. And the other phase was, I'm into my own self, I'm into the food, I'm doing bad, and I don't deserve God, so I'm blocking you. And I literally thought there was just those two phases, and um, came into the program, um, they talked about God and, the, and spirituality, and um, yeah, and I, I, I didn't get it, because I've always, I think, trying to, I've always been trying to search and be closer to God, how, you know, have this understanding that it seemed other people had, had this sense of spirituality. I, I read books. I, you know, went to seminars. I went to church more to try and get it. I'm like, why am I not getting this feeling? And um, anyway, I left the doors and dipped in away for literally 17 years uh, until I came on my knees a couple months ago, um, having, of course, tried every other program known to man. And um, so someone said uh, this weekend, she said, you know, I was trying to, I was asking my sponsor, I'm like, please, I I don't understand this God figure. I've been this higher power. Uh, Help me to understand him. I I don't see him. I don't feel him. And she, her response said, her response was, the only thing you have to know is that God is not you. (laughs) And I was like, that was, that was everything. I mean, what actually brought me to my knees, you know, a couple of months ago was just that, that finally I realized since I had tried everything, someone in this room, in these doors has the answer. And so the moment I put all of it down, I put all of me down, my self-will, my arrogance, my know-how, my trying to figure it out, my trying to get closer, all these, these this, this, this effort and this, this pain and this, uh, yeah, just self-will. Then I got him, and that was it. I got the higher power. So that's all. It's just, it's just not me. And uh, <laughs> with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca T. Sue G., we have plenty of time. And if anybody else wants, when Sue G.'s done, I'll open the line for shares again. Sue G., Thank go you. Ahead. Good morning. This is Sue G. from Michigan, Recovered. By the grace of God, I I grew up as a Christian. I knew that fear meant reverence. Well, it didn't mean to be afraid. <laughs> um, I, but for some reason, as a in my twenties, I stopped seeking more. I stopped reading and studying. Um, in fact, my reading and studying became intellectual knowledge rather than faith. And um, and I found that there were many areas in my life where I was agnostic. Um, as I 
turned more and more to the food in my 30s, I I would have to admit that that God was not first in my life. Food was. Uh, and it took me a long time to to get that turned around and to to realize that he was not just a power that was greater than me. He was everything. He had to be everything or he was nothing. And um, I had a hard time with that because if God was everything, then I should be able to, with his grace, be able to have a victory in my program all the time. And I expected perfection, and I guess that's where I went wrong. I expected perfection. And once I admitted and and accepted that I was not going to be perfect, um, that only God is perfect, but I I can love and I can reach out and I can ask for help. And in God's eyes, I will be considered perfect. And um, and now with doing the love and step upon awakening, I think is where my blessing comes. When I do that, either before or after the meeting, depending on which meeting I go to. Um, and what a blessing to know that there's a, a God who cares about everything about me, even the hairs, on, the numbers of hairs on my head, and wants me to work my program, wants me to to reach out and help others <clears throat> make the outreach calls, sponsor people. And uh, and that's where I get my blessing from is by helping other people too. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Susie. We have time for one or maybe two if they're a little bit shorter shares. Who else would like Harry to H. share? Sue Andra. Okay. I got two people. One ends in H. What's the first Terry. name? Terry. And then do you remember who you were who spoke up right after Terry? Sue N. D. Sue, Sue N. D. Correct? Sue N. A N N E. Oh, Sue Ann. Got it. D. You are the two. And why don't we say two and a half minutes each? Go ahead, Terry H. Awesome. Hi, my name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, bulimic, anorexic in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, Underneath the material world and life, there is an all-powerful, guiding, creative intelligence. When I read this, I think about, you know, me and my disease. And underneath that, you know, there's my God who's just waiting for me, who's all-powerful, who can give me directions, and who is creative and very, very smart. And, you know, for me, that is just so wonderful to know and read that, you know, if I do this work and if I get into the steps and I work those steps and clear out those blocks that are between me and my higher power, um, underneath all of that is all-powerful guiding creative intelligence just waiting for me to access. And what a great promise that is for me. Um, yes, I do have that perverse streak, as I heard other people share on the line. My ego gets in the way. My self-will, my self-knowledge gets in the way, um, you know, thinking I can do this. Um, and, you know, when, once I'm able to let that go and work through that and get that out of the way, you know, I experience so much freedom and joy in life, you know. But there's, I have to do the work. It doesn't come. It's not free. <laughs> Even though it's freedom, it's not free. And I have to show up and do the work and be willing to be open to what God has for me. You know, I struggle with a foot problem. It's getting better. Um, had a great weekend. Um, just, you know, being with God and, and enjoying life. And I'm just really grateful for that because in my disease, I wasn't able to do those things. You know, everything was about my disease. And now, you know, I can see other other uh, people, other places um, in life and enjoy that. So thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thanks, Terry H. And Sue Ann, I don't know. I must have timed things wrong. 
how about a minute or so? I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, this is Sue Ann D. And um, I was listening to all the speakers, and I thank you for your shares. They were inspiring to me on a day that I don't feel so inspired. Um, other days I do. Um, I feel myself will really wrestling with um, my spiritual uh, self. Well, not spiritual self, but with my higher power and my myself and my higher power are the ones that are wrestling. Um, I've been going through a, a physical uh, problem for quite some time and I've pretty much been homebound and uh, in despair. But um, I, I am uh, doing my work and focused on the fact this morning anyway that I'm caught up in more. And I guess where it started was the need for more health, the need for why did I get in this situation in the first place, uh, the need for more love and more people. Uh, and yet I've gotten tremendous support from my family, from my friends, but it's my disease that's really um, moving me towards um, more food. And that is not the answer. And so it was meant to be today that I call in and just share this because what I need more of is more turning to my higher power. Um, my higher power has displayed to me the difference between having a higher power in my life and being active or having a higher in, uh, power in my life in the wings, just waiting for me to call upon him or her. And um, I am calling loud and clear. So I hope that this helps me get through the day, uh, absolutely. And with that, I'll say thank you to all of you uh, who have helped me along my path, and thank you for your service. I pass. Thank you, Sue Ann D. Okay, thank you everyone for your participation and for the opportunity to be of service. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Ashley P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. Hi, this is Ashley P. recovered in Northern California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.